Let's get ready for work. Powered by ACT. Ready for Work brings you the best and brightest in workforce development and career education with trends, innovations, and action steps you can take to help your region's workforce reach its highest potential. Here is your host, Jason Jones. Now, let's get ready for work. The phrase of career readiness was a pretty amorphous thing. This cloud of, well, we kind of have an idea of what that might be. We feel like the data that we're presenting in this report is really providing some numbers, some methodology, some method behind the madness of trying to figure out what different types of career readiness could mean for different stakeholders and for different use cases. And we look forward to working with our partners to find other uses that maybe we haven't even explored yet. That's Mary LaFay, one of ACT's research scientists, joining us on episode 17 of Ready for Work. Along with fellow research scientist Jeffrey Seidel, we're thrilled to take you behind the scenes for the release of the long-anticipated condition of career pathway readiness in the U.S. We'll dig deeper on national workforce skill trends and empirically derived career pathway readiness benchmarks for 16 career technical education career clusters. Welcome, Mary and Jeff. Let's start first with Mary. Tell us more about this report and what we hope to achieve. Thanks, Jason. We know that it's been a few years since we've put out some information with aggregate work he's examining data in it. And in that time span, we've updated all of the reports, or refreshed them, if you will. And so we knew how important it was for all of our customers to be able to have aggregate information uh, broken out by different subgroups in the U.S., by education group, different demographic data that we collect at the time of the test, and to be able to really have information that people could use as a comparison point to how their examinees, their students, um, their participants, their job seekers are being prepared for the workforce and to also at the same time being able to marry that information with, like you said, projections or outlook information for different careers in the U.S. But to do that really essentially in such a way to make sense for the programs that use the data. And in this respect, we're talking about career technical education training programs, and that could really be at a secondary education level, you know, in a high school setting, but it could also be for community college programs. So really trying to create meaning out of the data and a little guidance for folks as they make a decision about their career path. Jeff, were there any surprises in the report? Well, thanks, Jason. I would say one of the biggest changes that we've noticed is in the distribution of the work keys level scores and of the National Career Readiness Certificate levels. So in the past, we had the assessment locating information, and that assessment has been revamped, revised, refreshed to become this graphic literacy assessment. And so we reset the standards on that. And what that means is we reset the cut scores that define what is a level three, four, five, six, seven on that assessment. And that has resulted in some fairly dramatic changes in the distribution of the levels, especially on graphic literacy. We're seeing a lot more students who are scoring at the level five, six, seven levels. What that's allowing is a lot more students and job seekers to earn that gold and that platinum National Career Readiness Certificate level. How does this year's report build upon and improve previous research endeavors? One of the other things that Jeff really brainstormed this year that we thought would be a value add based on a lot of requests from customers that we've received over the last few years since 2.0 came out was to separate out the examinee data for the high school students. So often we were just grouping examinees by level of education at the time that they took the work keys assessments, but then we were always getting asked, well, that's great, but we really want to be able to tell a story about how our high school students are performing differently than say maybe an adult that had not yet achieved a high school diploma. So that was a big improvement, I would say, in the level of information that we were providing to our customers this year. 
Right. And that gets back to what you said earlier, Mary. We're always hearing from the customers. We know how our students perform. We know how our job seekers are performing. How do they compare to everyone else? And so to break it down and to show the high school testers alone is really helpful because high school testers make up a very large chunk of WorkKeys testers nationally. And what we find is that on average, they do perform most similarly to adults with a lower education level. That is a high school diploma, maybe some post-secondary, but no degree. But within that group of high school testers, there are some who we know will eventually go on into higher education, get four-year degrees. They're pretty advanced. And so we do see a number of them who are earning that gold and platinum, a number more than in that adult low education group. There is so much useful data in this report. How might our stakeholders use these insights for action? Yes. And in fact, uh, the entire last section of the report includes a policies and practices and recommendations list that almost comes straight from our workforce and CTE policy platforms with actually a couple of them borrowed from the K-12 policy platform. That was done intentionally. We provide a little bit more detail about some of those recommendations, but our view of what states can do in terms of policy and practices. We're really trying to be consistent in our messaging about the importance of, for instance, one of the recommendations is to equally value college and career readiness, not just for those students or some students, but for all students. We know the importance of having accurate career information, regardless of what your pathway is going to be after completing a high school diploma. And to have all students be aware of what all their different career pathway options are, we think is critically important and not to really limit what those possibilities are in terms of what they're exploring while they're still in high school. And so the report certainly emphasizes that, as well as a number of other recommendations that, again, are contained in our policy platforms. What can our listeners expect to find in this round of the Career Pathway Readiness Research? And what's new in the way of resources we can all use to make the most of this data? Yeah, so I like to joke, this is a really long report. It's it's broaching almost 90 pages. (laughs) And that is because there's a wealth of data in the report. So we talked briefly about the examinee data that constitutes, I would say, the first third of the report. The second two thirds, if you take out the policy and practices and recommendations, is just data tables broken out for all 16 CTE career clusters, looking at career projections, wage data, openings information, again, for each of the clusters. We segment them by level of education typically required. And then we're doing a gap analysis and readiness benchmarks. Examinees in the U.S. are performing against those benchmarks. And so you can imagine that's quite a few tables, right? So one of the things that we're really going to explore doing, I think, this year is to do more interactive display of the data. There's some really great software out there called Tableau. This is not a promo for it, but we're actually doing a lot more dashboards to embed this information more interactively. And of course, working with our state and local partners to share the information and make it more usable in whatever format that they would choose to use it. And we do hope that all these tables are really helpful to the readers. I think they could be very helpful just for career navigation, for counselors, for students, for folks looking for a job change. They can get a sense of if they've taken work keys, how do my skill levels stack up against other careers in a given field? Someone wants a job in manufacturing, they can see, well, I currently have a middle education level, but this is the type of job I need. And maybe I need to skill up. Maybe I need to improve my work key scores. Maybe I need to get some additional training. And that's where this report becomes especially helpful. That's so true, Jeff. And speaking of career transitions, what resources are most helpful for transitioning adults and those agencies and counselors helping adults with career navigation? 
So a lot of the issue that adults have when returning to education is knowing where they're going to have a good fit. They want to make a good investment of their own time and money, potentially in a training program that they have reasonable confidence that they can complete. They have a lot of other obligations financially and time-wise. Also on the part of the workforce developer, they want to make sure that if the training's being funded with taxpayer dollars, other federal funds, that it's a good investment of their dollars as well. And so one of the other ways that the benchmarks could be used is in pre-apprenticeship or apprenticeship training, any kind of work-based learning programs, and to marry any kind of a curricular profile that's been conducted on that program, or just using the benchmarks as kind of like a rough measure of what might be needed upon a successful entry into a program. The benchmark methodology, we believe, is flexible enough that they could modify those benchmarks based on how stringent or how loose the requirements of a program might need to be. And again, because it can all be aggregated by career pathway, you could also disaggregate it for more specific occupational training programs. And again, aligning the program skill levels with what level that person has upon entering the program. And it gives the individual an idea of where they need to be in terms of skill remediation before going into it. As we prepare to wrap up this interview, what final thoughts can you share about the important mission of this effort? Well, just that for the longest time, the concept, uh, the phrase of career readiness was a pretty amorphous thing. It's this cloud of, well, we kind of have an idea of what that might be. We feel like the data that we're presenting in this report is really providing some numbers, some methodology, some method behind the madness of trying to figure out what different types of career readiness could mean for different stakeholders and for different use cases. And so we're hopeful that the data are useful for those purposes. And we look forward to working with our partners to find other uses that maybe we haven't even explored yet. And so we look to update the report on a regular basis and just really excited to get it out there. I would just say to piggyback off of what Mary said earlier, treating college readiness and career readiness equally for those who are coming into the workforce is really important. We don't want to disadvantage anyone. We want to make sure folks are choice ready. In fact, we've recently done some research at ACT to examine those different career pathways and what level of academic readiness is required to be successful in those pathways. And what we find is that the level of preparation in traditional core academic domains, English, math, reading, science, is very similar. Whether you're going into a middle skills occupation or whether you're going into a high skills occupation requiring a bachelor's degree, the level of preparation is very similar. And so what that tells the high schools and even the community colleges and four-year schools is that we need to make sure the students have a really strong foundation in high school in those core academic subjects. Thanks again to Mary LaFay and Jeffrey Steedle, the research scientists behind the scenes with ACT's latest report on the condition of career pathway readiness in the U.S. Jeff and Mary, we appreciate all this effort and sharing it with us on Ready for Work. You're welcome, Jason. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Previous episodes of Ready for Work touch on career navigation as well in the manufacturing and alternative industry sectors. In Episode 5, we chatted with Neil Reddy from the Manufacturing Skills Standards Council, and Joe Cerubi joined us for Episode 6 on solar energy and climate control with a very innovative user interface to navigate career ladders. In the show notes for Episode 17, you'll find the link for the report along with the Tableau dashboard that Mary mentioned earlier, along with the wealth of data organized by each of the 16 career clusters. Page 77 starts getting into five potential recommendations of best practices and policies to increase career readiness. Thanks for listening to Ready for Work from ACT. 
For more information on workforce solutions, visit act.org slash workforce or workreadycommunities.org. We invite you to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Check out Ready for Work in your favorite app or visit us at act.org slash podcast. Ready for Work is a service from your friends at ACT, a mission-driven nonprofit dedicated to helping people achieve education and workplace success. Now, now let's, let's get, get to work. work.